just completely heartbroken um, to see some of the things I'm seeing out on the streets. Uh, younger and younger girls in a specific area, very scantily dressed. When you just, say younger, Katrin, excuse me, do you have any idea how young you're talking? I mean, some of these girls look 13, 14 years old. Oh my. Um, and it's their, their baby, their kids. And they look down, they won't even look at you. Their pimp is right, you know, their car is right there. Um, they won't take a rose, they won't take anything. Very scantily dressed. Um, we were out a couple, like, not this Friday, but the Friday before in freezing cold weather, and there were girls out there. Gibson County, Tennessee General Sessions Court Judge Mark Agee has stated, a way out is without a doubt the best resource I have in the state for young women being trafficked. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Welcome to today's Mid-South Viewpoint. And you know, the heart behind a way out ministry is to restore lives and glorify God by recognizing the innate value. Listen, the innate value and dignity of every human being. Sexual exploitation and trafficking has devastating effects on everyone involved, and it's a hidden but very present issue right here in our city. Way Out Ministries exists to disrupt this vicious cycle by advocating for protections and legal justice for those trapped in the sex industry and also helping victims' lives to be rescued and restored and raising awareness for how sexually explicit content is harmful to both the subject and its viewer. Nobody understands this more than my dear friend, Katrin Valencia, who is the director of A Way Out Ministry, and we welcome her to the show today. A little bit different circumstances, Katrin. I always enjoy seeing you face-to-face. That <laughs> smile lights up the room every time we get together. I'll just have to imagine the smile. We're doing this by phone right now. Yes. Well, thanks for having us, Byron. It's always a pleasure. Well, Katrin, in March of last year was the last time we got together to update listeners about a new project that was happening, how God is blessed with some property and there was an organization, Eight Days of Hope, which I love. They have been on this show uh, multiple yes. times. And Hannah Fletcher with Eight Days of Hope, uh, she was there with a team, I guess, what, 40 or so? Yeah, 45 people from 15 different states and Canada came. Okay. And so the groundwork was laid, what you called a dry out, I believe. You were hoping to get done. That did happen. So let's, let's kind of get updated where we are right now in the new facility. Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, we were donated property by the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home. So shout out to them. They're an incredible partner with us. And, uh, you know, we had this property to build a campus to serve more sex trafficking survivors. We've been in this for 32 years. This is our 32nd year. And so we partnered with Eight Days of Hope and they brought 45 skilled laborers um, that slept. I mean, Byron, these, these people are missionaries. I mean, just I had no other way to say it. They slept on church floors. They hauled uh, portable showers. Um, and for 10 and a half days, I say half day because the one, the Sunday they went to church. So they, they, and as soon as church was over, they got all their clothes on and, and went that Sunday and kept working. So um, they worked for 10 and a half days and poured some, some days that were raining um, and they, you know, built, built this facility. Um, it's incredible. It's almost 5,000 square feet. And where we're at today, um, it's it's pretty much 95% complete. Um, we need around 300,000 um, left to uh, get 
utilities to the back of the property. So it's almost 2,000 feet off the road. So you can imagine how far back that is. It's um, very secluded um, because of the line of work that we do, but we need to get gas and electric out there. We do have a well, so we've drilled the well already, um, but we need around 300,000 to get power and um, gas back there. And then once that's done, we will be ready to go. So the actual physical building itself is complete except for this electrical and gas issue. Exactly. Everything's ready to go. It's um, going to be a workstation facility. And we, we decided to start with that because we, we didn't have the full amount we needed. It's a $5 million campaign um, for the first phase. And we've ra- we had raised around $1.7 million. And I mean, you can imagine just getting fencing in around 80 acres. And that costs about $85,000. Um, then we needed uh, a lot of dirt work, some legal work. We had a culvert put in a permanent road because it was really muddy to get back there and we needed cement trucks. So, you know, by the time everything is said and done, we need around 300,000 more for the utilities. Um, And then that will get us back to the back and then everything will come off of that main line. So we won't have to go as far once we build the house and the chapel. We're going to build a chapel, a house and a pastor's house. And this first building We really wanted to start with that one because we had this beautiful land and we wanted to start using it. Um, And we have a current house right now since 2010 to serve women. And so this facility that we just did eight days of hope built with us is going to be where the women can work. And so we can bring them two to three days a week out there. They can earn money. We can make products and help be self, you know, more self-sustainable with the products that they're making. So that's why we started with that building and we'll have pottery. Um, We have a pottery room. We have a a full kitchen that they'll be able to do some canning. Um, Each woman will have their own plot that they're going to, you know, grow, grow vegetables and and herbs and things like that on. And so we have a full kitchen there and bathrooms and a lot little loft area and storage area. So it's, it's a, it's a beautiful facility. I think we decided next time you and I are going <laughs> to record live out there, We're but we going don't have to. power yet to make that yeah, happen. That's right. Next Katrin, time we will. <laughs> we are going to do that for sure. I love what you're seeing here about the facility in this industry. When you help women mm-hmm. to move out of, you know, they have to have something to replace a livelihood and many of them, you're helping to go back to school, to finish school. Many of them, you're helping get job skills, to be hired by a company locally to right. have job. And in some of these enterprises you're talking about, to make and, and sell products right there on the location, I just love it. Yeah, it's, it'll be very trauma-informed because a lot of times they may be triggered or they may have something that pops up you know, while they're working. And you know, if they were in a regular job, that could cost them their job because they may get fired. And so here, if they have an emotional breakdown or something happens, we have people that are on site that can, you know, walk them through what's going on, de-escalate things so that they can start learning some of those those skills that they need to hold down a job while yes. they're getting their ther- their treatment. So. Amen. Amen. Praise yeah. God for yeah. a way out. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I want to kind of reflect with you on the past year, 2023, and the way God has used you, outreach twice a month to venues that are known for sexual exploitation. And by mm-hmm. the end of last year, you shared over 2,000 bags and roses with dancers and strip clubs and those being prostituted in motels and right on the streets of Memphis. Yeah, we, um, we, I love outreach. If I could do that full time and every day, it's one of my uh, just passions is going out and meeting people right where they're at. You know, Jesus commands us to go. 
um, under the highways and the byways. And so we do, we, we go with a bunch of different churches that partner with us in the, in the region. And we go and um, meet them where they're at. We go into the, into the strip clubs. We go into um, hotels on uh, tracks, which is a street known for prostitution. So up and down Lamar, Summer Avenue, um, different areas that are known for sexual exploitation you know, Byron, I, this year, you know, this is our, our going, we're going into our third year. And this past year, our second year, um, I was just completely heartbroken um, to see some of the things I'm seeing out on the streets. Uh, younger and younger girls in a specific area, very scantily dressed. When you say just, younger, Katrin, excuse me, do you have any idea how young you're talking? I mean, some of these girls look 13, 14 years old. Oh, my. And, and it's their their baby, their kids. And they look down. They won't even look at you. Their pimp is right. You know, their car is right there. Um, they won't take a rose. They won't take anything. Very scantily dressed. Um, we were out. A couple, like not this Friday, but the Friday before, and freezing cold weather, and there were girls out there. Oh. So, I mean, and and we're out till we leave around eight thirty. We're out till about two or three in the morning on Friday night. So, we're out there where when they're working, and you know they're under a lot of control and not able to to see to even you know, grab a rose from us. So, it's real. It's right in our city. And um, this year is I have noticed younger girls that are out there. There's one specific area, which I won't say where it is just for safety of the girls that, you know, it's almost like you're walking into a strip club. That's how scantily dressed they are right out on the street in the public. I've only seen, I do Super Bowl outreach every year. So I do outreach around the country. And I, I saw this in the LA and Los Angeles Super Bowl where the, you know, the girls were very scantily dressed, but not here in Memphis. I mean, you could tell they were out being prostituted, but not to this point. I mean, it was like wearing laundry on a street. I mean, it's, and I haven't seen that in Memphis since we started outreach. So oh again, seeing younger and more scantily dressed in, in the cold and um, in plain and sometimes in plain daylight. So Catherine, when you talk about the roses, you mentioned these 2,000 bags that accompany these roses. What's inside these bags? Yeah, so we like to give the, the ladies things that, that can they can relate to and things that, you know, come into their world. And so we uh, put eyelashes in them. Um, they love them. They call them caterpillars. And so we have <laughs> eyelashes and then they have lip gloss. They also have a um, presentation of the gospel. And so there's a, a letter in there. It's called the Father's Love Letter. And it basically reads like a letter to them, but it's scripture. And so, you know, it, it everything is pulled right out of the word of God and just tells them who they are, who they are and their identity. And then we have a business card in there with a website and um, a phone number to, to, for resources. Um, and then once a month we put in a, a beautifully graphically designed that one of the local churches um, has underwritten and helps us publish. And it's, it's almost like a devotional book um, filled with different uh you know, things to, to encourage them. And the ladies, literally the dancers, when you go in, 
they pull them out and they say, I, I have these in my car. I have, you know, read them every morning on my way in, or I read it, put it by my bed. One girl said that she, you know, is from out of state and she mailed one to her mom to encourage her. So, you know, God is really wow. using those booklets. I've had conversations with women in dressing rooms that were, you know, intoxicated right there. I remember sitting on a floor and one of them and just reading it with her as she was crying and just wow. reading different things out of there. So, you know, God is using that time and, and not just the girls, but also the bouncers. We we minister to them as well. Well, Katrin, in those dressing rooms, I understand that you've been able to have regular occurrences of prayer time right there in these strip club dressing rooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have. It's been um, quite incredible, <laughs> miraculous. So, you know, they, they um, you know, again, we just meet people right where they're at and, and help in whatever way that we can. Prayer, um, resources, uh, texting, you know, just encouragement, things like that. With one minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Earlier this month, an image was shared on social media that featured what looked like a bit of used tissue paper with this caption. Just a reminder, this is what an eight-week pregnancy abortion looks like. Well, the inference there is that pro-lifers are either fools or liars to call the unborn a child. It didn't take long for that tweet to get called out. The image had been doctored. The tissue was not an embryo. It was merely an empty gestational sac. A real eight-week embryo has hands and feet, heart, head, and is very clearly a tiny human being. While the claim is just a clump of cells was questionable 50 years ago when someone first said it, decades of technological development have now made it morbidly laughable. The imagery available completely undercuts the idea that what we see in the womb is anything less than human. What's been revealed in its place is just how divorced from reality the abortion camp has always been. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Well, this past year, some of the women that you've helped to being in their second year of sobriety and freedom yes. from the sex industry, which we praise God for that. One is employed yes. and one is applying for college and will also be applying for employment. This is just part of the ongoing work. 1,500 hours of Bible-based classes, church attendance, mm -hmm. over 1,100 hours of services, which include mental health counseling, doctor's mm -hmm. visits. You've traveled over 5,800 miles transporting yeah. these special survivors to all these different appointments. You have to be there with them. It's like a 24-7 thing when you're trying to, you hate to say the word reprogram, but you're trying to reestablish mm -hmm. their life. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I love those numbers because it's we have a management system now that because of gener generous people, we're able to document everything that we're doing. You can boom, click of a button, do it. But I always say behind every number is a person. Right. Is is every car ride of those miles, you know, represents my favorite ministry is is transporting because you get to sit in a car and you get to drive somebody, you know, drive one of these beautiful women to an appointment, sit with them and it's incredible, but it is. It's a 24 hour ministry. And, you know, we don't close. And uh, it's it's a life calling. Um, definitely, because it, it, you know, we have to have really good self-care with staff and um, because it, it's not for the faint hearted at all. I mean, we see and we hear a lot and there's something called secondary trauma where you get traumatized by the trauma that you're hearing them say. And so the stories that we hear 
from these women and the testimonies and the the unimaginable things. I mean, I, I even had a, I had once a Homeland Security officer tell me, um, not here, but um, tell me, you know, this is too Hollywood-esque. There's no way this is that. Like, this is, you know, what you hear about on TV. I mean, it was, it was just it's just unimaginable what these girls go through, um, the trauma that they, that they face. So we have an incredible, incredible team of staff, staff, um, who are called to this. And again, 24 hours a day, we have house monitors and house moms who, who teach them life skills of how to do laundry. I mean, how to, you know, wash your dishes when you're done with them. simple things like that, that we may take for granted. Some of these girls, as you mentioned, are starting to be trafficked at such a yearly age, and they haven't even yes. learned some of the basic things of living. Talk Absolutely. about keeping up with your own laundry and things like that. I saw the letter in your newsletter last year in December. I think it was Karen, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just remember her talking about the dismal home life that she came from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you're you're manipulating just to get food. I mean, imagine that you have to manipulate to to have somebody feed you or to get clothes for you or your basic necessities. So the renewing of the mind, that scripture that talks about that, I mean, Lord literally has to renew and reprogram minds that you don't have to manipulate and you don't have to triangulate. You can get love and you can get those needs met because that's who we're called to be as the body of Christ. And and so, yeah, it's the trauma that they go through. I've, I've heard it said it's trauma from the womb. Yes. I mean, even in the womb, there's trauma. And so, you know, that is what we're dealing with. You know, friends, the Way Out Ministry started here in Memphis, as Katrin said, back in 1992. It was the first ministry here in the U.S. that sought to help topless dancers. But from there, it's such a multifaceted ministry today, mm-hmm. as Katrin's sharing. I mean, it, providing a godly mentor and support system a safe living environment, this new facility that you're trusting God. We need $300,000. I mean, let's mm-hmm. break that down, all right? So we need, what, 300 people to give $1,000? <laughs> you know, I'm a social worker and a lawyer. I'm not a, but yeah, I think you're right, Byron. <laughs> I think you're right. Oh, we need 1,000 people to give uh, $300. Yeah. This is part of our neighborhood, and we need to do good for our neighbors. And these precious mm-hmm. young girls and women, they're our neighbors. Yeah. We might not agree with the lifestyle that they've been succumbed to. Hey, Jesus still loves. And he loves yeah. through us to reach out compassionately and to give a heart, a compassionate heart like a way out is, and help them come up with these funds to complete the housing facility with electrical and the gas needs and those final details that need to take place. Friends, I mm-hmm. hope you will come alongside this ministry to help them out. Katrin, this is so needed here, and you guys are doing it. I mean, helping provide these educational and job skill training, the counseling classes, which I'm sure goes on and on, counseling to learn to be a mother. I mean, because many of these women and young girls mm-hmm. have children of their own. Absolutely. Um, um, every one of them that we have now has children. Some, some, One of them has a, a grandbaby. So she's always crocheting. She's learned how to crochet while being here and crocheting blankets and hats and all of that. Um, one thing I didn't, I didn't talk about it, you know, you talked about the multifaceted is also the policy advocacy as well um, that we've been part of for 32 years. And so one of the things that we're working on right now is um, drafting some legislation, potential legislation that's that's been introduced in other states for child pornography. And so the you know pornography is is a is a 
you know, prerequisite to a lot of, a lot of girls are trafficked online on these websites, pornographic websites, and you can, anybody, any age can just go onto a website and just all you have to do is say, are you 18? And you can get on and get all kinds of explicit information. And so um, we're, we're looking at other states that have enacted legislation that requires age verification. And so this is an arduous process. I mean, it can take, you know, to draft these, this legislation. Some of it's already been litigated and gone through Court of Appeals. And so we're following some of that. But that's another area that we do as well. I'm an attorney and we try to, we try to help advocate for more stringent laws in those areas. So that's um, child pornography is one area that I'm very passionate about. I've got three kids and um, myself. So I, you know, I, I, I see firsthand how they can, how they can fall into these things. Well, anybody listening with children and grandchildren today, we should have the same heart and compassion mm-hmm. as a follower of Jesus Christ, Katrin. And so thank you for putting yourself out there. Really, you get threats sometimes, you know, and we need to pray for your protection because yeah. there's times yeah. that this is not an easy road. I mean, you're getting into some messy situations. You're interfering with the livelihood of these pimps by trying mm-hmm. to rescue these young ladies, you know. So you're walking sometimes in dangerous areas, not an area that you're not wise about. You're mm-hmm. very wise on how you do what you do with your team. Mm-hmm. But we thank God for the work you're doing. Now, you mentioned Super Bowl. Super Bowl's around the corner here. Will you be participating this year? I will not, just because of some personal things and some things going on with the ministry, with all this building and all that. We will not be going this year, but we have, I've been to many, many of them, but we will yeah. be following and supporting, you know, what's going on. So, and you know, what's really neat too, is with the awareness, it's human trafficking awareness month, as you know, January. And so, um, you know, it's part of why we're highlighting this this month, but it, it's gotten so much um, awareness with the Super Bowl that there's a lot of people that are going now. I mean, I've been doing this for so long that back in the day, we were the only ones out there. So it is encouraging to see, you know, okay, well, it's it's nice to not be needed, you know, <laughs> um, because there's other people that are stepping up and doing that, you know, that that's a sign that things are moving in a good direction with awareness and with outreach. So well, I think that's um, another sign of being wise of when to go and when not to go, you know. And exactly. Even, so I appreciate that. And, yes. and God is using you, you know, on the ground in so many ways in these dark places that, that need the light of the gospel. That rose, I, I just love that, that rose, thinking <laughs> about that, handing that to a young lady and just helping them, as you mentioned, that there is that value of human life that God created us as humans in his own design that gets trampled by Mm -hmm. the lust of the flesh, the sin of this world. And for you to to rescue that and to redeem that and to bring it to light that, hey, you are valuable. Uh, Katrin, that is just Mm -hmm. so wonderful. To be the hands and feet of Jesus is, you know, it's all him, but we say yes, right? And so we use what we have in our hand. I will say too, uh, volunteers, we are always in need of volunteers. So a lot of times people think, what can little old me do? I'm, you know, this is too overwhelming of a problem for me, or I can't, you know, there's nothing that I could do. All I could give a dollar or 10 or whatever. And that's incredible. There are so many volunteer opportunities. Once a month, we have a a Zoom meeting, a one-hour Zoom meeting that you can go onto our website, jump on and see all the hundreds of ways to volunteer. We need mentors. We need teachers um, to teach the classes that the women are in. Um, We're currently training new teachers and new mentors. So um, again, that may feel overwhelming. Like I, I can't relate. 
Jesus uses me. And I was just the person that said yes over 25 years ago. So yes. um, he can use a donkey, right? So <laughs> surely he can use us. <laughs> and oh. uh, so we do, we're always in need of volunteers Amen. and not just women, but men as well. Yes. People think this is a women's ministry, but we, I mean, we have cars that need, we need help with. We have two, you know, we have houses. Um, we have trees that fall on our property and we need people to come chainsaw trees. I mean, there's, there's a place for everybody. We've had youth groups come and do projects. So we love volunteers. Kate, the name George Kirkendall and also Carol yes. Wiley will very likely come to mind when we think of a way out ministry through the years service and sacrifice that both of these yes. two made. And you're carrying the torch now. The baton's been passed to Catra in Valencia, <laughs> oh, and you're carrying it now. Big, big shoes. I don't know. It's a, <laughs> they're, they are heroes of the faith, I for sure. Well, um, that we wouldn't be here without them. Well, so. and we thank God for the foundation laid and the work that continues to go under your leadership and guidance and the team and the volunteers you have. And so if, if folks would like to help with this $300,000 to complete this project at the facility, what can they do? Yeah, they can go onto our website, which is awoministries with an IES.org. And there's a donate tab there. They can write a check and mail it to us. Our, our address is on the website. Um, we also do, you know, non-traditional stock, you know, ways that we can do that as well. So yeah, that, that would be a great, great start. Katrin, God bless you, my dear sister. I just appreciate so much the opportunity. Uh, it's It's been too long. I mean, <laughs> you, yes. any, I, I know you're a busy lady. You've got a lot going on, but anytime you want to hop on and want to bring someone who has a story to tell, wants yeah. to share that story, please feel free to call me and let me know. We'll make arrangements for that. Hey, I'm looking forward to the invitation to come out and doing yes. this show from the new facility, definitely. Yes, we are too. Thank you for always uh, reaching out and keeping us keeping us connected. We love you. And Bot Radio has been a great partner with us um, over the years. So thank you and Todd and your whole team. So, Katrin, thank you so much. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. If you would like to listen to today's show again, go to BotRadioNetwork.com and look for Mid-South Viewpoint under the broadcast tab. The show is also available on your favorite podcast platforms. Some shows have video of the interviews as well and can be viewed at Byron Tyler Radio on YouTube or on our Bot Radio Network mobile app.